Welcome to Naturally Well, a podcast to help you live a healthier and happier life with a Nordic twist. I'm your host, Kate Turner, registered dietitian, personal trainer, Nordic Naturals nutrition specialist, and owner of Live Well with Kate. And we want to hear from you. If you have any burning health and wellness questions, please send us an email at podcast at nordicnaturals.com and we hope to answer your question on air. Today's guest, we have one of my good friends and rock star dietitian, Carolyn Brown. Carolyn is a nutritionist with over 10 years of experience and is also the co-founder of Indigo Wellness Group. She's a huge advocate of you can live a healthy life without losing a social life. And her approach is keeping things light and fun with a serious dose of science. Carolyn is also certified in integrative and functional medicine and takes a holistic and personalized approach to wellness. In this episode, Carolyn and I discuss how long-term good nutrition and implementing habits for the long game is the way to go. And even though the word slow isn't sexy, it's how you'll see long-term results and lifestyle changes. We also discuss the most common fad diets, easy tips on how to get more colors and nutrients into your diet while honoring your body and giving it what it's asking for. I'm so excited for you to hear the episode. Carolyn and I met in the RD world a few years ago and have become friends and big fans of each other. She has so many amazing nutrition philosophies and one I love is counting colors over calories. I can't tell you how many times clients I've had come to me being a slave to counting calories and don't realize that they are most likely hurting their metabolism and their mindset. Carolyn tells us our bodies are more like chemistry experiments versus calculators. And that's why counting calories isn't the best way to reach your goals and can even prevent you from reaching your health goals. So turn up the volume for all of Carolyn's easy and tangible tips to better your health and help you reach your goals. All right, Carolyn, welcome. I am so happy to have you here, not only as a nutrition expert, but as my friend. Um, And I would love to just start off with you telling everyone how you got to this point in your career because you have such a great story and really what drew you to becoming an RD? Thank you so much, Kate. I'm so excited to be here. Um, And yeah, the nutrition road has been long and winding for me, um, but really, really, uh, yeah, really powerful. And I'm super happy to be where I am now, especially like considering my own sort of food story. So, you know, something I go through with all of my clients is their own food story, their sort of food journey. And um, so mine really started back in high school. Um, I was invited to a modeling agency and they put me on a scale and said, you need to lose 10 pounds. And I was like 15 years old, never thought about my weight or about food at all. And for the, and like for the first time in my life, it really became all I could think about and all consuming. Um, and so I think most people have a turning point moment like that, that I love to sort of find out about, um, where food goes from like a friend to totally fearful, totally restrictive. Um, and you know, there's a lot we can do over time to unpack that and get back to a healthy relationship with food. But yeah, long story short, that led me down a road of a lot of weight gain, actually, the opposite of what the intention was. And 
over time, um, I went to college, I went to Tulane in New Orleans, like arguably the least healthy place in the world. And from there actually discovered and really got into nutrition. I took a sports nutrition class and was like, wait, wait, you could do this as a profession. Uh, and thought it was so cool. And then went to NYU for grad school. And yeah, really, I was in New York for 10 years doing private practice there, sort of finally had figured out my own food issues and was finally helping other people with theirs. And yeah, about a year and a half ago, I decided to leave New York City and um, came out to Colorado, which has just been an incredible, you know, sort of um, really real life integration for me of like all the things that I, you know, fully practicing what I preach. Um, so I've been out here, started a business with my sister called Indigo Wellness Group and um, do everything virtual now. So long story short, that is a snippet of how it's all gone down. And I love getting to help people with food because we all have to eat. Right. So it's important to all of us. Um, so yeah. Yeah, no, I love that. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, being a transplant from Philadelphia and my husband, I being like, we need a lifestyle change and moving out to California. I, I actually, we, Andrew and I were recording our, one of our first episodes, um, where I was in the hot seat and that's, you know, I was talking about the same thing. It was just finally practicing, all the things you're preaching to people and having a little bit more, you know, that word balance, but a little bit more balance among, you know, all facets mm -hmm. of your health. And I'm super jealous. You also get to work with your sister. That's like <laughs> one thing on my bucket list that I hope one day I can work with my sister. It's the best. Yeah. We're like on, you know, work calls and FaceTiming with my nieces at the same time. Oh. So it's a win-win. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, the amount of times I FaceTime with my sister and her kids, it's like yeah. it would be a lot better if they were productive work calls as well. <laughs> I um, but I want to dive into you have so many great nutrition philosophies. Mm -hmm. And one of the ones that has really stood out to me is this idea of slow nutrition, especially when everyone's mm -hmm. trying to look for a quick fix and something fast. So can you just explain what slow nutrition is mm -hmm. um, and how you use it in your practice? Yeah, I think we're just in the um, you know mindset of everything immediately, immediate results, and unfortunately, nutrition doesn't work that way. Uh, long term, you know, good nutrition anyway, healthy nutrition um, is not overnight success. It's really implementing habits for the long. It's the long game, and um, unfortunately, like the word "slow" is not sexy. Typically, we're trying to make it that way, but um, I think it's it's super powerful if you want to have real results. We want this to be slow and steady. You know research in every area shows like that's how we really see long-term results and long-term habit changes that really end up being lifestyle changes. Um, so I think it's, that's sort of my um, goal to get people to wrap their heads around. This doesn't, you know, this isn't going to be a quick fix, but that's a great thing. And um, so we can sort of start to ignore all the fad diets and all of the like detox cleansy things promoted by in, like influencers all over the place and um, really start to to embrace like, okay, these are like mini changes. These micro changes every single day are adding up and making a really big difference in my health, my energy, my mood, my weight, if that's a thing. Yeah. That's, it's something I wish people would focus on more. And I'm hopeful that we are getting to a better place of mm. people realizing it's, 
you know, your health comes first. Usually, you know, whether it's your goal of weight loss or, I mean, honestly, I feel like that's the most common goal for most people, mm-hmm. but not thinking about the long-term effects and your health as a whole. So realizing too, that a lot of those fad diets and things you're doing can actually be hurting your metabolism, which long-term you can gain a lot of that weight back or long-term it could be hurting your heart, right? Or causing Mm -hmm. inflammation. And I know when we were emailing yesterday, we were talking about touching on some of these fad diets and, Mm -hmm. um, even one in particular, but what do you see Carolyn with clients, who have come to you that have been on those fad diets. And, you know, I always see this transformative change of realizing, oh my gosh, I don't have to do a fad diet. I can, you know, I can actually make a lifestyle change. Cause sometimes I think people mm-hmm. hear that phrase and they're like, yeah, that sounds like it'd be like a whole thing. I, I, <laughs> like you said, it's not fast. You know, am I really going to change my whole lifestyle? And it's realizing it's actually not not that hard if you take it in steps, right? You take right. it in those little habits. Um, but yeah, in terms of fad diets, what have you seen with clients, mm. you know, most common fad diets? And then maybe if they have that aha moment when they realize like, okay, this isn't working. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everyone who comes in probably has a, has yo-yo dieted, you know, in some way or another. And I even consider like uh, weekdays on, weekdays off to be, you know, mini yo-yo dieting too. But the fad diets I see really frequently would be like keto right now, paleo, even I would consider, I, I like some of the principles of Whole30, but you know, it's very on and then off. Um, and so those are the main ones. Then I was hearing uh, this past week about the carnivore diet, which is like a meat only diet. And the thing about some of these, like keto, for example, was developed for epilepsy. Like there are medical, um, you know, uses for them, but for the rest of us, probably not the best thing to put ourselves on. Um, and we now are understanding, interestingly, actually a lot of research is done on men. So, uh, because women's hormones fluctuate so much. So then when women try to recreate these diets that might very well work better, work okay for some men, um, our hormones end up totally messed up. And so like you were saying earlier, a lot of times with these these fad diets, they end up having long-term effects. So you actually are making lifestyle changes, just not in the positive direction. Um, You're gonna make it harder for yourself actually in the future. So yeah, those are the ones that I mainly see. Any that I missed? No, I think, you know, I would say, yeah, keto's probably, I think right now at the forefront, but it's, it's such a, you know, when we say like a real keto diet Mm -hmm. is yes, was made for, um, kids with epilepsy and Mm -hmm. to help prevent seizures. But most people are doing like a modified keto diet. And while there may be some some good principles to certain ones, like some good principles to paleo, some good principles to each one. It's, it's still, again, the minute you put a label on it, it's restrictive Mm -hmm. and it's not again, that lifelong change, but Mm -hmm. also if you're not doing it, you know, I don't want to say right because Honestly, I don't think anyone should be on a, on the right keto diet unless mm. you do have epilepsy. Um, but you're hurting so many other parts of your body. Like we were talking yeah. about hormones. And I mean, ladies, our whole life is dictated by our hormones. If your hormones are out of whack, nothing's going to feel good. Your body's not going to function well. Um, but also thinking about our metabolism. And one thing I love that I know you preach is counting 
colors Mm -hmm. over calories. Yeah. And this is something I still see. I'm hoping in 10 years, people won't be counting calories. It won't even be a thing, but it still is. Yeah. And people not realizing that you should be more concerned with your metabolism because that's the rate at which you burn those calories and use them for energy. And if you actually consume too little calories, you slow down your metabolism. And when you slow your metabolism, especially like you were saying, Caroline, if you're a yo-yo dieter and you're constantly changing your metabolism, it's really hard to get it back, especially for women too, unfortunately. But it's, it's hard to get that metabolism back. So I don't know if you want to elaborate a little bit more on counting colors over calories, but that's something I always think of. Yeah. We want to get our bodies out of this scarcity mindset. And like you were saying, when we're yo-yo dieting, our bodies hold on to everything because they don't know when they're going to get food again. Or is this a time of feast or is it a time of famine? Um, so what I, the, some of the ways I like to move people away from that calorie counting, which by the way, like I've done too, we've definitely, you know, as a culture, we're like raised on this. So it's hard to just, it's not like one day that just switches off. Um, so also like in talking about this, it's not like, you know, one day you're counting calories and the next day, oh my God, suddenly like kumbaya, I'm counting, you know, colors and like, you know, eating, you know, all plants. Um, it's, this is definitely like a little by little, we want to be making these changes. And, um, so yeah, when we think about counting colors, um, I just, our bodies are, our bodies are more like chemistry experiments than like calculators, you know, our calorie needs are going to change on a given day too. And that's something that I think we all get wrong. And even in school for me too, it's like, we didn't really learn this, that, um, your body's going to change based on how much you moved that day. Of course, like, you know, you might have a higher calorie burn because you were super active or even did a yoga, yoga class. Um, or, you know, in your cycle, some weeks you're, you have a, a like little metabolism spike too. Um, so for women too, like the week before your period, you might feel hungrier. That doesn't mean you should eat exactly the same as you do every other week. Like maybe we should be honoring that and not trying to squish down that hunger. That's, you know, there's a great sort of analogy, um, that like, if you had to, you know, if you just peed and then 20 minutes later, you have to pee again, you're not going to not go to the bathroom. And so why do we do that if we're hungry again soon after we're like, no, that's bad. I shouldn't be hungry for three more hours, not going to eat until then. And so, you know, that's where calories, like, let's throw that out the window and really start to honor and listen to our bodies. Um, you know, what our body's asking us for. Yeah, definitely. And what I love too is thinking about, um, counting colors is, you know, getting, Mm -hmm. when we think colors, a lot of the times, like we'll, you know, maybe immediately think vegetables and all the different colors that come with all different types of vegetables. And the cool thing there is colors also mean nutrients Mm -hmm. and there's such, you know, I mean, especially right now, I feel like there's so much talk about macronutrients and your macros, but let's talk about the micronutrients, right? So when we're talking about those two, like people don't realize that every single process that happens in your body needs some of those micronutrients Mm -hmm. to actually happen, like just for those processes to happen. So your body functions better, Mm -hmm. your metabolism functions better, which to me is just like the key to weight maintenance. If you're looking to lose a little weight, um, and also just feeling good as well. Like yeah. when your metabolism's moving and grooving, you're feeling the same. <laughs> um, totally. But that's what I love too about just getting a diversity of 
foods and making sure you're not eating the same things all the time and those same colors or like, you know, if your go-to vegetable is spinach, which is great. You're getting in spinach, but try to mix it up, right? Try to get in some other colors there. So I just love that idea of like counting colors versus calories. I think, honestly, I think it's genius, Carol, to be honest. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I mean, I think it it sort of is like cheesy to say eat the rainbow, but that's where it really came from is like, we want to be eating as many colors as possible. Like you were saying, you get something different from every single one and they all really work together too. So a goal for clients usually is um, so that you guys have a goal is at least three colors per day. And can you, can you have a day where you hit all five, um, you know, at least once a week. And one of the ways I love to do this is just like make a sheet pan of, you know, go to the grocery store, literally choose one color of every single, uh, or one vegetable of every single color, even fruits are great too, but just make a sheet pan of roasted veggies of like, uh, start with like beets and then, you know, go through like yellow peppers, it could be red peppers. It could be, um, you know, broccoli and even like eggplant or something like that. Yeah, no, I love that. We are, we are pepper junkies over here, but I like, we'll do it the easy way. We have frozen, um, like a frozen three pepper blend. So it has all different colors. You can snack. We have like the snacking peppers that the little sweet peppers and there's all different colors or, um, you know, when you get your carrots, pick the bag that has the purple and white Mm. and orange and yellow. And, or if you're, you know, getting your tomatoes and the other week they had yellow tomatoes there, Mm. like perfect, you know, so just thinking about and trying new foods. Um, I'm actually right now I'm doing, started off the year with doing a healthy habits challenge. Mm -hmm. Um, and this week we're actually on veggies. And so our goal is to eat five different vegetables a day. So it's, it's a goal, right? It's it's a lot, but when you actually start thinking about it and adding it in, it doesn't, it's not as hard when you sit down to the meal and you're like, okay, are there vegetables on my plate? Are there different vegetables? Which a lot of the times allows for those different colors. Mm -hmm. Um, but you're just getting so many different types of nutrients, so many different types of fibers too, which Mm -hmm. is going to support your gut health, which, I mean, it's connected to everything. So, um, yeah, yeah. I'm just, I I'm all about that. Counting colors over calories, people, you heard it here. (laughs) Gotta do it. (laughs) Yeah. Let's see photos of these beautiful plates that, and also visually too, I think it's super important, almost like food as art. Um, you know, making things visually appealing makes eating healthy so much more fun. And I think that that's what we both have in common and probably why we like love each other is because (laughs) It's all about like, let's make this really fun and like pleasurable. This is not like, you know, eating is eating healthy. It should never be punishment and working out either for that matter. Um, how can we make this really enjoyable, make this taste delicious and make it like something you want to actually integrate to your life, not something you're going to do for a week. Yeah, no, I was, it's funny you say that because I was just saying to our group last night that let's not look at okay, I have to add in, you know, these five veggies a day as a negative thing. Let's look at it as vegetables add texture. They add more flavor. They add, I mean, they just make your meal more interesting. Mm -hmm. So looking at it as a positive thing that you can just make a more delicious meal from. And that's, again, we're trying new vegetables. So if you're, you know, you realize you're in the same route of buying the same ones over and over and you're sick of them or you don't like them. Try some new ones because I promise you there's going to be some you'll like in there. Um, Yeah. And so I'm curious too, Karen, like 
you know, I love talking about all, you know, we're both nutrition junkies and love talking about those philosophies, but I'm curious what you think and what you see are the other most important facets of health to focus on or where you really see if people are stuck it, you know, once they finally get down and get to a healthy place with it can just open so many doors. Yeah. I mean, so I think I always thought it was like nutrition and nothing else. And it was hard for me to sort of see the other areas, but now, um, you know, I did an integrative and functional medicine program and that was just so eye opening. like nutrition is so important, of course, but so is connection and so socializing, um, and, you know, feeling like part of something. So is, um, uh, movement of course too, but movement in like a joyful way. And so is, um, you know, practicing gratitude and those sorts of things. So like, there's so many areas areas and puzzle pieces. And one I think that um, is so underrated and related to nutrition is really managing our stress levels too. So if someone's stressed and cortisol is continually super high, um, likely they're going to hold on to weight and typically hold on to belly weight too. Um, so a lot of times we see that like extra belly fat when someone's not sleeping well. And so sleep and stress also super related, but just to go on the stress thing too, it's like, um, you know, stress acts as a toxin on our body too. So when we're not, you know, either, um, lowering that stress level, whether it's talking, you know, we can't take away your stress, but if it's figuring out some ways that you can, um, you know, deal with it, it, whether it's meditating therapy, um, also like choosing some non-food coping skills. So I just got off the phone with a client who was, you know, diving headfirst, you know, just a stressful time of life, lots of kids around. And as soon as she felt stressed, that's when she was reaching for the candy or the chocolate. And so we decided today she's going to pour herself a cup of tea and get outside for some fresh air. And then if she still wants the candy or the chocolate, at least it's a conscious decision. So bringing that sort of mindfulness back to it. Um, so really something I see huge, uh, benefits in is if, when we can sort of start to start to be mindful around our stress, whether it's again, like learning new coping skills, dealing with it in different ways, or even like delegating some things too, um, that's when actually people will really start to lose much more weight if that's a goal or, um, it just feels so much better too. Yeah. I mean, if your stress and other things too, I know we just touched on sleep really quick too, but yeah. to me, if your stress and your sleep are not good, the, all those nutrition goals you're working towards, your fitness goals, they're just not going to happen and you're not going to see the results you're looking for. And I see it so often with people, like they'll come to me and they're like, I'm, e- I'm eating perfectly. I don't know what's going mm-hmm. on. And I'm working out five or six days a week. And I'm like, well, let's maybe take some of those workouts a step back as yeah. well. Because people aren't realizing too, that some of their healthy habits mm-hmm. may also be increasing their stress. So um, true. Yeah. So, and that's where I always love, I'm such a proponent too, of like, let's take some time for some mindful movement, like some time Mm. to just walk outside. And guess what? You're still going to, you know, burn those calories, right? You're still going to get that workout in, but it's also going to be a workout for your mind. And something I try to remind people of too, is the most, you know, and it's, it stinks because I, I don't, I don't love talking about calories in the sense of burning them, but it, Mm -hmm. you know, it is what we do, but the most calories you actually burn are usually from the little things we're doing 
throughout the day. It's not from your one hit workout that day. It's yes. not from your strength training class that day. It's really those little movements, which have been tougher for some people during COVID, of, of course. course yeah. We're just not getting up and moving, but that's why it's so important to focus on that. Mm-hmm. Get up and move. Um, you know, even for me, it's like <laughs> get up and walk in the kitchen and like start prepping, you know, dinner for the night or just move around or make a conscious decision mm-hmm. to go on one walk a day, whether mm-hmm. it's the morning or like a mid-afternoon pick-me-up and looking at it like that, like that mindset we shift, just that. like how we were talking with vegetables. Like, no, it's a pick-me-up. It's something you get to do. It's Ooh. not something you have to do. And plan it in your calendar. That's like <laughs> one of my biggest things. If you saw my calendar, Carolyn, it's like every little minute is planned. Do I do everything all the time? No, it's but okay. it's in there. So it reminds me because I don't know about you, but it's like, I don't have that much room in my, you know, in my brain anymore. So it's like, it's got to be on paper Mm -hmm. and reminding me or I'm going to forget to do it. Totally. Wow. That is such an important one. The get to versus the have to or the should. Um, So that I get to drink water when I wake up first thing, no matter what I get to, you know, versus I have to, or I should, the way we speak to ourselves matters so much. And I love that I get to go for an afternoon pick me up. Um, and not to mention eating, uh, going for a walk after eating. So like after a lunch, um, so good for your blood sugar, so good for your health, so good for weight and, um, also for your mood and also kind of acts as a buffer to getting back to your day. If you're working from home or whatever you have going on. So I love that one so much. And you're right. It's the other sort of 23 hours of the day, not just that one hour, um, of workout that really ends up mattering. No, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay. So I want to pick your brain about kind of your top strategies. Mm. So if you had to say, Carolyn, let's say nutrition wise, mm-hmm. um, t- like, let's say three things people can start doing today mm-hmm. that you've seen, you know, works well with your clients, but they can also just start getting them into those, you know, those little habits that if they yeah. start today can grow into something more. I love this. Okay. So my first one that's sort of, that I have every single client do, everyone in any program I'm running do is um, come up with AM and PM bookends. So sort of your rituals of how you're going to start and how you're going to wind down your day. And so the morning one can be as simple as having a glass of water before coffee or before you ideally speak to anyone or scroll through your phone. Um, but typically we wake up dehydrated and it's just a great way that you've already done something great for yourself before your day really kicks off. Um, I have some people with like really extensive AM bookends, like, you know, meditation, you know, getting, moving our bodies somehow, um, journaling, gratitude lists, supplements, you could do any of those sorts of things, whatever is realistic for you. But if you can really take at least two minutes for yourself, I know I can imagine that's harder with kids around and, um, that sort of stuff, but like you, I really think two minutes you can do it. And then the PM side of that too, really important to be winding down well. Like we talked about sleep. Um, Sleep is when everything sort of resets itself. And so we really want to be giving ourselves the opportunity to, you know, there's this brain scrubbing mechanism that goes on called the glymphatic system. We want to make sure that like our brains are really um, taking great care of themselves. 
that means getting off of our technology a little earlier, unfortunately, or at a minimum wearing those blue light blocking glasses. Um, it could also mean taking like a magnesium supplement many clients love. It could mean having a cup of tea to wind down or reading an actual book. Um, so I have everyone come up with those AM and PM bookends, which I think is a really great secret strategy. And you can, you can, um, choose one, you know, one week and then swap them out, but try to sort of be consistent with them for at least a month. Uh, Love that. That's a fun one. And then, um, the next thing is really to eat veggies twice a day at a minimum. Um, five times, five veggies a day, I think is, it might be my new one. I guess I've been slacking. I've been going easy on them, but um, making sure that at least two meals a day have vegetables, if not all three. Um, I love if you're an overachiever, totally go for all three and a snack, but that's another important one that I feel like just sets you up from a mental sort of way you're thinking about it, um, place. And what's number three? Um, I think it probably would be, um, I guess really like connection more than anything too. Like we feel like other ways that you can fuel your cup anyway. So if you're an introvert, it might not be as much connection as it might be for an extrovert, but really making sure that we're fueling ourselves and feeding our sort of souls in that way too. So not so food related, but really, really important puzzle piece there. Yeah, no, that's something actually. So you know, um, we talk a lot about like our Nordic twist here and really following a lot of the Nordic philosophies because mm. they are technically the happiest people in the world. <laughs> and one of their biggest things, Carolyn, is socialization mm. and just that community feeling, which again, tougher during COVID. I know, really? you know, in the beginning, so many people are doing Zoom hangouts and I think it's fallen off a little bit and maybe people are able to see each other in person. Um, but it's such an important part that you don't focus on it. Or most people, if you're going to the doctor, or even if you're going to see your nutritionist, aren't asking where's, you know, do you have a good community or support Mm -hmm. system around you? Are, you know, do you, are you socializing? And oftentimes I'm more so here, the opposite of I'm trying not to socialize so I don't ruin my nutrition habit or like the, you know, the healthy habits I brought about. So I'm actually avoiding people rather than realizing that's such an important part and like laughing with your friends or Mm. family is such an important part for, we talked about stress, decreasing that stress Mm. and increasing like all those endorphins, right? And it's good for our hormones. So I love that you brought up socialization because and community too, because it's not spoken enough about as part of your health as a whole. Right. And when even in blue zones too, the research there is so fascinating Mm -hmm. about it. That's why people live well into their own hundreds is because, you know, there's such a sense of community. They're not, you know, people aren't, um, sent into nursing homes and, you know, to live this sort of really solo, uh, lonely life. And so I think, you know, connection in whatever form that feels safe for you right now is the most important, of course. Um, and it's, it's a difficult time, but at least, you know, even if it is simply connecting with people on zoom or therapy, I have a friend um, who's a nutritionist who gives talks to therapists about like asking about their, about clients, nutrition habits, about patients, nutrition habits. And I think we should be doing that too. We should be asking about their sort of social Socializing lifestyle habits because that matters so much. It's, um, you know, we can't sort of separate all of these 
things, as you were saying earlier, it's all connected. And I think when we can look at our life, you know, more in that way and, and come up with a little bit more of a plan. Um, I don't want to say balance is like ever truly possible, but to feel a little bit more like there is a sense of balance is really important. Yeah, exactly. I like that better too. Like to feel more of a sense of balance among all facets of your health and your life. Um, because yeah, I don't think we could ever really truly achieve straight balance. Yeah. <laughs> if you, if anyone does, to, let yeah. us know. <laughs> um, we like to keep it interesting around here. <laughs> I know. I was actually, you know what, Carolyn, I was just looking for in my notes because I have it like this whole um, thing written out, but there was a study done. I want to say it was out of Harvard and it was a long-term study and they basically followed men from um, I want to say in their thirties all the way through, you know, when they were 90 and they followed their health. But what they were really looking for was what, what were some of those key factors that the people who lived the longest, like, you know, what was so important in their life that probably made them healthier. And one of the biggest things was meaningful relationships. Mm. And, that's why I love when you're talking about the blue zones and like just thinking about that, those meaningful relationships and that time socializing and building a community around you and having support around you really can help you live longer. Mm -hmm. Um, I will put people in the show notes. I will find this study Mm. and leave it there for anyone interested in, um, looking at it, but it was really interesting and it, it made me honestly look at my life, especially moving yeah. across the country from a lot of family and friends. And I'm, you know, I'm sure you're far, your sister mm-hmm. I know is in Colorado with you yeah. and you work with your other sister. So you're seeing her all the time, yeah. but, um, it really does make you think it does. And yeah, we don't just want to live. We want to live long, of course, but we also want to live well too. And so like an isolated long life, not as ideal as like being surrounded with people having the sense of community and connection um, and letting it be fun too and and joy filled. And um, yeah, I think that that's, you know, bringing the meaning back to life too. So I know it's hard right now. It's sort of ridiculous advice to be giving at the moment, but, um, however, like, you know, you can connect and, um, feel part of, there's so many amazing online communities now too. To really yeah. Feel. And I'm curious in terms of movement, are mm-hmm. there some easy attainable tips you can give our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. I think when it comes to movement, um, doing what you love is the most important. And I think we've all, we all, you know, went through phases of like hit training and really intense, um, like soul cycle classes and doing two a days and all of that. But I think what we're finding more and more that that does act as a stress on your body. And if, you know, there's exercise is great for you, of course, but there's actually like an upper limit of it. Um, that's then not so great for you. So we want to find your own personal sweet spot. And I think that that's different for everyone, but I think it goes back to like do playing, you know, making it playful, making it joyful. So if you love, you know, having a dance party, make that your, your movement for the day. If you love, you know, if you love going for a run, by all means do that. But right now I'm into like going for an actual bicycle, like going for an actual bike ride, which never would have occurred to me previously as like a workout. But now, um, I'm just letting it sort of letting my body tell me what it wants every day. And so getting out for a walk to, or a couple of walks throughout the day, um, especially because, you know, working from home, living (laughs) in the same place too, I'm trying to, I kind of try to set up commutes for myself. So it's like, 
a commute around the block before the day begins, one to end it. Um, so yeah, those are some of my favorite things. You know, you could if you have access. Like I think gentle movement, especially in the colder months too. So um, yoga classes, love so much. Uh, even swimming, if that's accessible for you, really, really gentle on the joints and feels good. Um, yeah. What about you? What are your favorite workouts right now? Um, one thing I love is um, Megan Roop Sculpt Society. Mm. She, I really like that she has a variety. She has yoga on there. So yesterday I did a 30 minute yoga class. Love it. So I like having a little bit more of like those lengthening movements. And then I do love strength training. So if I go to the gym, uh, primarily just lifting weights, but I love that feeling of feeling stronger, but also knowing too, Carolyn, and I'm sure you know, it's like you also have to properly fuel yourself before and after. Totally. Um, So you don't feel extra sore. And so you're also, again, not putting too much more stress on your body because not only can those workouts put more stress on your body, but if you're not fueling properly before and after, that just adds a whole nother layer of stress. So you want to make sure too that you have some guidance there um, from, you know, a dietitian or, um, you know, someone credentialed in nutrition that can really help you out there. And you're not just, you know, running yourself into the ground, which I've seen with so many people, especially even now, it's like the race of, okay, it seems like COVID may be ending soon. I have to start, I'm going to be socializing again. And people are starting to go back into this like crash mode, like Mm -hmm. crash diet mode, um, overdoing their workouts. And it's like, no, no, no. (laughs) You know, so that's, that's something I'm seeing right now that I'm hoping we can kind of reel in a bit and, and hopefully, you know, even with this podcast, we can educate people that there is a better way Yeah, and thinking about this idea of slow nutrition and small habits to really make a long-term lifestyle change. And, you know, what's, what facets are part of making a long-term lifestyle mm-hmm. change and really supporting your whole health versus just your nutrition, just your exercise, which are the two that people think of first, but, you know, sleep's got to be in there. You know, managing your stress has got to be in there. Yeah. Uh, Your community, your environment, right? So that's such a good one too. Um, Yeah. Environment and just like how, you know, your living space even is matters so much actually with nutrition too. I was just uh, researching, reading the study that if you're in a cluttered surrounding, you're like, you're likely to eat up to 44% more, which is a huge, which is a very significant amount. And it's typically of the junk food too. So they found that it was much more like cookies and uh, chips and all of that sort of stuff, you know, not about, not apple slices and carrots. Um, but that might be like a great action item for you too. If you're listening to just really clean up your, you know, take five minutes and clean up your surroundings, just organize it a little bit and that getting that clutter, um, that sort of chaotic feeling um, out of your space can feel really good and have actually a trickle down effect to your health. Oh, totally. And even, you know, we we're talking about last night tuner group, like bringing those healthier foods and those vegetables to the forefront in your fridge mm-hmm. or in your cabinet. So yeah. the first thing when you open your fridge, if the first thing you see, um, is, you know, leftover dessert from the night before, or, you know, extra takeout yeah. you got, you're probably going to reach for that first. But if the first thing you see when you're going for a snack 
are fresh cut vegetables that you cut up after you got back from the grocery store Mm -hmm. and some hummus, you know, we're all creatures of convenience. (laughs) So we're just going to grab what's right there. So that's, I love that too, in terms of environment is just making like, you know, a sanctuary for yourself Mm -hmm. and making things nice for yourself. I even, you know, talking about snacks, making it nice, making a nice plate of all different little things and, and really enjoying. And like we were talking about earlier, changing that mindset to, you know, I get to have this delicious snack or, Mm -hmm. you know, I get to do this versus, oh, like I have to get in, you know, some vegetables at my snack right now or, um, just changing that mindset. But yeah, your environment is big with that. I love that. Yeah. The visual cues you have around yourself, you know, that's that, those are the habits that actually that's, that's an easy fix. And to prompt yourself, like leave a plate of, you know, leave a bowl of apples out. If you see that instead of seeing, you know, a bowl of candy, you're way more likely to go for that. So like, let's make the obvious choices, the easy choices, uh, the healthy choices, the easy choices. Um, and I think that that's really, really powerful little hack for people too. So I love that. Yeah. Like I, I don't know, I would never be able to be the person that could have, I wish I could be the person that could have like, you know, the beautiful cake stand that just sits on the counter with like cookies in it or, and I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I, they would be eaten most days. Like, I don't think I could do that. So you have to know, you have to know yourself as well and what to put in front of you and what what you know you can allow as well um well carolyn thank you so much for joining us today um i want to you know give you some time to tell people where they can follow you where can they connect with you um and get to learn more yeah, absolutely. So you can come hang out on Instagram. Um, Carolyn Brownie is my Insta handle and um, Indigo Wellness Group is our website and our private practice. And so we have on the East Coast, we have in-person um, acupuncture um, and herb consults. And then we're available virtually for all sorts of programs from nutrition to hormonal health uh, to everything you can think of. So definitely check us out, Indigo Wellness Group on Insta as well. And then the website's indigowellnessgroup.com. So Um, yeah, I'd love to meet you guys and, um, hear what's going on for you and what resonated here for you. Yeah. Something guys, that's really special that Carolyn and her team does is bring that Eastern medicine with Western medicine Mm -hmm. and really looks at, you know, the root causes of your issues. And it's, it's not common to be honest. A lot of the times it's one or the other. So, um, a lot of special stuff going on there. So we will end Carolyn. We have a little rapid fire for you. Oh, um, so first thing that comes to mind, um, but first one, which actually we kind of talked a little bit about today, but what is your favorite de-stressing practice or tool? Definitely acupuncture, which I haven't been able to get in COVID days, but, um, that's my number one go-to. It works so well. Okay. I love it. Um, coffee or tea? Coffee forever. (laughs) (laughs) And how do you, how do you take your coffee? Do you put in there? Yeah. I use a little bit of coconut cream actually, like the canned really like good version. Um, with a little bit of cinnamon. Mm, Love that. Um, okay. This, I feel like this one's the toughest, but for me, this is the most fun. Favorite home cooked meal. 
Oh, um, we grew up making homemade pizzas. And so my brother has a pizza restaurant actually. And so it's sort of like our family, we joke, it's our family religion. Uh, that's how we sort of connect and getting back to the sort of like community thing. That's how we come together. So that's just, that feels like home and it's pizza and delicious. Oh, <laughs> so can't I always be healthy. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, well, you can, you can still make your pizza healthy, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We don't typically, but try to bring a pizza salad <laughs> or like a green juice along. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Just, just add some veggies to it. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, I love that. And thank you again thank for you. coming on and everyone, like we said, follow Carolyn, learn more, and we will see you next time. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for having me. With each episode, I like to give you actionable steps that you can walk away with and start incorporating into your daily life. From today's episode, I want you to aim to consume two different colored vegetables per day and start focusing more on counting colors over calories. Thank you for listening to Naturally Well by Nordic Naturals. If you like the show, please tell a friend, share an episode, and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And remember, you can watch every episode of the podcast on our Naturally Well YouTube channel. For something to do in between episodes, follow me on Instagram at livewellwithkate, where I typically live on my stories, providing a variety of daily health and wellness tips. Naturally Well is hosted by myself, Kate Turner, and produced by Andrew Steven. If you have any questions, please send us an email at podcast at nordicnaturals.com, and we hope to answer your question on air. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.